Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. This is Jackson on High FM and you're listening to my Finding Human program. My topic is Saints and Sinners. And I have chosen this on purpose because quite honestly, I do believe that in most situations that we are facing, for instance, at the moment when things are uncertain, when um, uh, feel, things feel out of control, you get the good and the bad. And, you know, it's almost like a boil that has to be launched so that the pus can come out. Unfortunately, what is happening right now in our country and many other countries is that we are seeing that there are boils everywhere. And it's going to take a while for those to be lanced and for all the poison and the awful, awful greed and everything that's inside them to actually come out. Um, you know, by bringing out the best in ourselves, we encourage others to do the same, to reach their potential. Seneca said, it is not the man who has too little, but the man who craves more that is poor. And I think right now, one of the reasons why I'm feeling very disillusioned is about the corruption that we read about and we see on the news, in our newspapers, on Facebook, daily. And it's the arrogance of people meant to protect us and meant to protect the the um, the poor among us. And it's, it's not happening to the best. And I'm certainly not talking in gen, absolute general, but there are a few people, a few bad eggs everywhere. And those are bringing out the worst in other people. So what is happening? There is what's called a disengagement, which is a process by which people gradually stop being involved in a conflict, in an activity, in an organization. They disconnect, they separate, they withdraw, they become lethargic. And what happens? It's the people who need it most that are the ones that are, are suffering from it. And in in all of this, we have to say yes to life. We have to be that glimmer of light and love and laughter, the connection in a disconnected and divisive way. You're going to be hearing quite a few YouTubes today, which I have enjoyed. The one is by uh, um, uh, Rabbi Sachs. There are a few by uh, Dargapal Das, the uh, Buddhist monk. But, you know, I, I was watching a YouTube um, that was sent to me, and it was a, a young guy walking through New York, and he had money pinned to his, his jacket. It was called a money vest. And um, he, he was holding up a sign saying, take what you need. And people's reactions showed the worst and the best in people. A, a, a man with a very smart suit walked up, and unpinned a lot of the money. A woman in a Louis Vuitton bag uh, came up and also took money. And the man holding the the the, um, the sign up said, "Do you really need this? Isn't that a Louis Vuitton bag?" And she said, "Yes, but I have a nail appointment tomorrow." And she took a lot of money off this vest. 
and um, then uh, she, he, he, uh, an, another person came up and he said, isn't that a Givenchy bag? And she said, yes, but uh, so he said, but are you sure you, you need it? So she said, well, yes, I, I do. And she just uh, took some more. And this went on and on. It was actually amazing to see. And then a man with a dog, a scruffy dog, arrived on an old sort of bicycle. And he stopped and he said, what is all this about? And the man said, you can take whatever you want. And he said, well, I don't really need uh, too much. He said, but don't you need it? If you um, uh, Don't you need it to eat? He said, take whatever you want. And the man said, I'll just take um, a bit, uh, two of these. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm going to put this one back because another one had come off as he took the two off. And the man said to him, is that all you need? And he said, yes, I just need to get some food. Give whatever you have left to give to other people, he said. You don't want to take any food or more money. No, um, no thanks. Uh, give it to other people. I want to make sure that you eat, the man said. You're an amazing guy. And this, to me, was a beautiful story of here was a man who had so little except for his dog and his really rickety bicycle. And yet he was the one who took the least and thought of the other people who needed it. And um, there's an African uh, proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And this is what you're going to be hearing um, Rabbi Sachs talking about as well. We certainly cannot live for ourselves alone. Our lives are connected by a thousand invisible threads. And along these, what are called sympathetic fibers, our actions run as causes and return to us as results. Those are not my words. Those are the word, words of Carl Sagan. And it's very, very true. You know, um, sometimes humor can come in or as well. And so that when we, we don't only live for ourselves, we need to also look and see the invisible threads that do connect us. I was once working in a house on a very dark, narrow street adjacent to the old gen in Johannesburg. And I was a young nursing sister, and this house was said to be haunted. Anyway, I worked uh, on night duty there as a a young sister with an older Afrikaans woman um, who worked as the nurse's aide permanently on night duty. Well, we were on the bottom floor. This The ward that I was on was on the bottom floor, and it had this huge big office window from road level upwards. This woman, very little education, taught me so much about care, about acceptance, about humor. And I must admit, she taught me the most amazing swear words in a few of our official languages. Somehow the swear words would roll off her tongue with such expression that I used to just kill myself laughing. And uh, the nightly tirades about the injustices of the worlds, the pain her patients were in, and her drunkard of a husband kept the either patients and me entertained. She was a great, authentic human being, truly the best. Anyway, one night I was writing, it was probably in the midnight hours, um, well, I was writing up a report and she was sitting opposite me and she was knitting a scarf for me. 
and I was writing a report for the night. Suddenly, words came out of her mouth with such vengeance and volume that my heart literally skipped a beat. I stared at her in utter shock, and she had this look of rage on her face, and she was advancing towards the window. I swung round to see what she was looking at, and there, framed against the window pane, was a man, stark naked, pressed against the full-length window, grinning at her and waving at me. My shock subsided, and I began to laugh and laugh, partly, I must admit, from nerves, but also from the total absurdity of the situation. There was a moment of absolute stillness as my laugh began, and the look on the woman's face and the man's face changed to one of disbelief. I promptly phoned the security and told them to remove the man, naked man from my window. Um, afterwards, she told me that he often arrived unannounced, and he, he always came grinning and, and waving at her. She asked how I could laugh at such a bad thing. I asked if she would have preferred me to have yelled and sworn with her. Humor saved the day. And the funny thing is that I was there for about another, probably about another six weeks, and he never did return. So perhaps the laughter had disconcerted him so much, he loved her reaction instead. We are going to advert. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Sue Jackson. I'm on Finding Human, and my program is The Saints and the Sinner, which is in all of us. Right now, we're going to be hearing a, a, a YouTube of our Rabbi um, uh, Sachs. Sorry, I can't think today, clearly. About Rabbi Sachs, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you, Craig. Coronavirus situation. The situation is, of course, really disturbing. Nothing like it in my lifetime, in our lifetime. I think, first and foremost, we have to be thankful that the speedy action on behalf of most countries in the world will mean, hopefully, that the impact will be nothing like the terrible pandemics of the past. The Spanish flu pandemic of 1918 to 1920, which cost between 20 million and 50 million lives. The HIV-AIDS um, pandemic of 2005 to 2012, which took 36 million lives. Hopefully, the sheer reliance on medical expertise will make sure that this one is much less damaging and will tell us that despite everything, we do make progress in civilization. I think the 2008 financial crisis was horrendous, but it was nothing like the 1929 Great Crash and the subsequent depression that caused misery and poverty throughout the 1930s. So little by little, we get better at these things. But, in terms of the we-I distinction that I've been making, I think we've seen this playing out very clearly. Number one, there has been 
hoarding and stockpiling at uh, and emptying of shelves at supermarkets. And everyone who does that is putting the I ahead of the we and saying, you know, I will have more than I need despite the fact that I may be taking away from people who have less than they need. And that is a victory of I over we and it's dangerous. A second victory of I over we was very dangerous was, you remember a few days ago, Italy put 16 million people into quarantine in the north of Italy. But as soon as that news was heard, tens of thousands of people tried to escape to the south of Italy, putting their own personal convenience over the safety of others. And the result was that Italy had to lock down the whole of Italy and not just the north. And that was another bad instance of I triumphing over we. Thirdly, I'm afraid I have to say that the whole relationship of the West to one another has not been good. I think the American ban on travel from Europe was done without any consultation with the leaders of Europe and constituted a failure of moral leadership. When all that matters to a politician is I, then you get that kind of chaos in which everyone suffers. So we have seen too much I and too little we do great damage in the last few days and weeks. What do I hope to emerge from this when we come out of this very, very difficult period? Number one, I hope we'll understand that there is such a thing as a covenant of global responsibility. Here we all are, across the world, in every single country, suffering the same fate and the same danger and the same risks. We are a global we, and this is showing, it, showing us is nothing else has in our time. We are part of a global we, the we of humanity. Secondly, one tiny little microscopic virus can bring the whole world to its knees. Despite all our technological and scientific advance, I hope that teaches us the we of humility as well. If we have humility, maybe we'll take more care of the environment and let little be a little less anthropocentric and willing to understand that we are a small part of this planet and we'd better take care of it as a whole. And thirdly, I really want to thank you all for, the, for coming out here this evening. I mean, it's very moving. It really is very moving. But when this is all over, I want you to think of all those hundreds of thousands of people around the world who've endured quarantine and self-imposed isolation, sitting on their own lonely eyes, and understand what a gift it is at normal times to be able to come together, to sit together, to shake one another's hand. Let us realize what a gift it is of being together as a we, not just as isolated eyes. And that will be our redemption of solitude. Thank you very much indeed. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. 
only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson. You've just been listening to Rabbi um, Lord Jonathan Sachs, and I love his his that whole YouTube uh, on we and I, and it's something that we really need to think about. And what he does say also is that there are good consequences that are going to come out of this, and it's just a matter of maintaining our courage, our confidence, and our hope until we actually get through this. You know, sometimes in the pain of life, we actually forget how to live and we simply survive day by day with anxiety building up. We get up and we go through the day like a robot, literally waiting for the night to come. And many, many times lately, people have said that the night is worse because they are are worrying all the time. So sleeplessness and insomnia are becoming part of this. Now, you know, what What are we actually despairing about? We don't know what the future is. We don't know what the the, the future is or the past. Uh, 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 we know what the past is, but we don't know what the future holds. And so often the one goes on to, into the other. And what we have to understand is that we have built up many, many strengths in our past. Mm-hmm. Craig is telling me to go to Advert. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Um, that's, I'm pleased they're working in lockdown. And thank you, Rabbi Karlebach, for that lovely message that you have there. You know, um, there is a demand quality of life, and that's what we're all living in at the moment. Moment by moment, we are forging our way forward. And um, my grandfather used to say, and I've said this quite often, but it's a story that always needs to be repeated, I believe. He used to tell us, his grandchildren, that life is a hard taskmaster. And we used to ask him, what is a task? And he said, it's something you will be expected to do. And being children, we wanted to know how we could get out of it. So we would ask, how do we get out of doing it? And he would say, you can't get out of doing it. It's something you will have to to do. Never try and get out of it. Well, you know, looking back, we all realize, all of his grandchildren realize the tasks that we have had to do and that you can't escape them. My grandmother also said something, and I've mentioned this before, very important. She said, spend your husband's money because if you don't, his next wife will. And we, my cousins and I have discussed that and we agree with that as well. So I think we've got to be very careful with the words we use. You know, going back to um, actually being the, the demand quality of life, that moment by moment life is questioning us. Um, it's, it's life is not about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. That's what George Bernard Shaw said. Mm. And, um, uh, I've got a YouTube, uh, a you, uh, sorry about this really. Um, have you, I keep missing, getting messages from Craig. That's why Craig's reminding me that I've got a, a, a YouTube on Bhagavad does called Growth Begins at the End of Comfort. And, um, I'd like to play it now. Thank you, Craig, for reminding me. There was a king who received a very special gift. Two beautiful, magnificent peregrine falcons. 
he handed them over to a man who was expert in training falcons. After a couple of months, the trainer informed the king that one of the two falcons was doing really well, flying majestically, soaring into the heights of the sky. But the other one, it had not moved at all from its branch from the very day that he had started training them. The king brought healers and sorcerers from all over the place to try and get the falcon to move. But the bird just wouldn't fly. Having tried everything he could, the frustrated king said to his minister, Maybe we need someone more familiar with nature. Someone who understands animals and birds. I think only such a person can solve this problem. Go, look for someone like this from the countryside and assign this task to him. The next morning the king was thrilled to see the second falcon soaring high above the palace gardens. Delighted, he called his minister and asked him to get the doer of this miracle to him. The minister brought a simple farmer to the king. The king asked the farmer, How did you make this falcon fly? The farmer replied, It was very easy, your royal highness. I simply cut the branch on which the bird was sitting. We are all created to fly, to live by the incredible potential that we have all been invested with. But often we sit on our branches, clinging to the things that are familiar to us, remaining stuck in our comfort zones, not willing to venture out, not willing to take risks. The possibilities are endless, but for most of us, they remain undiscovered because we continue to conform to the familiar, to the comfortable, to the mundane. So for the most part, our lives are mediocre instead of exciting, thrilling and fulfilling. What is the branch that's holding you back from flying high? What's the fear that's stopping you from taking a risk? What is the weakness that's inhibiting your growth? Unless we cut off the branches we are clinging to and free ourselves, we can never take off and reach newer heights in our life. What are you waiting for? Cut the branch and take your flight. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and my um, guest today is myself, and I'm talking about the saint and the sinner within us all and how we actually respond to the situations that we're in. 
what Gal Gopal Das was talking about there, about cutting the branch. We have all had the branch cut from beneath us right now. And this is called unalterable fate. It's, it's what happens when we actually can't change it. It is unavoidable and unalterable. And you know what? We're all in this together. But the amazing thing about being human is that we are questioning beings. We can question how do I want to respond to this particular situation. Can I step into my own life? The uh, the defiant power of the human spirit is to say, I am alive, I have choices, and I choose to live in this moment. I will share your load, I will love and share myself with compassion and care. And I think that is all that can be expected of us, not to go into ourselves and think that we're in this alone. This is the whole of humanity at the moment. You know, in a long-term illness, there's this great loneliness. And um, with that real dark night of the soul where the patient is is alone with their, their feelings and they feel that it's only them. Now, in this pandemic, we're actually all in it together, all in various ways and and handling it in different uh, the way we see fit. Some of us are in luxury, some of us are in poverty, and some of us are lonely, some of us have families with us. But the fact is, the, the bottom line is that we are human, and as humans, we have the capacity to say, uh, people wonder if the glass is full, is half full or half empty. They miss the point. The glass is refillable. And I read that once and I thought, what an amazing uh, quote that is. Because some walks you have to take alone. And let's face it, even though we might, this might be a pandemic that is worldwide, it's affecting each and every one of us separately. A while ago, I had to give a talk, a Zoom talk, and I happened to mention that there have been times when I have actually sat down and cried. I have cried for things that have happened in the past, I guess, because I've had time to think about them. And the strange thing is that I I got so much uh, compassion from people, people I didn't even know, uh, sent messages to say, you know, that we're really sorry that you're crying. And, you know, the fact is it wasn't that I was sitting crying all the time, but what amazed me was that people were compassionate. They were worried about my tears. But I often say tears actually wash the soul. They actually refresh us. They allow us to go on and move forward with whatever life is actually asking of us. We certainly do not live in an ideal world. And we ourselves are not perfect. And we have to reflect on the bigger picture. Viktor Frankl talks about the freedom of will, which is the freedom to choose our own part, our own path. This comes from our spiritual path. And the will to meaning, how how humans can find a, a meaning to, to actually make their goals, to find a purpose. To the meaning of life is also in that, finding meaning in the ever-changing moment 
the moment by moment of life that is actually demanding us. I woke up this morning early and there was a phone call that I had to take and there were a few demands that were coming through. And uh, and after that, I made myself a cup of coffee, had my coffee, sat watching the birds at the birds tray. And, um, and I just thought to myself, there you are again, moment by moment, life changes. One moment I was on a stressful phone call, the next minute I was watching the birds and actually relaxing myself. So this is part of of our compassion for ourselves is in this demand quality of life. We need to also forgive ourselves for our reactions, make sure that life is actually showing us a different way. George Bernard Shaw says, life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. And, you know, um, if you look at certain families, there seems to be generations and generations of emotional, neurotic men and women. And um, you see it going through as a chain reaction. Well, it's time to stop right now. And in this lockdown period, it's, it's, it's a good time to actually change ourselves, to change how we want our future to unfold. As human beings, what we want, what we can't control will be happening anyway. But how we react is our, is, is our responsibility. It's what Viktor Frankl says that, um, in that space, there is that, that chance, that small space to actually decide what to do with that time. So we certainly cannot cure each other or the world's problems, but we can care for one another. There's that beautiful islands anthem, which I love, uh, shoulder to shoulder. And, uh, well, right now we're at a a very safe distance and we can't do shoulder to shoulder, but we, we still can walk beside one another with safe distancing, showing that we do care and that we are all in this together. You know, if you only just have one person telling you how absolutely appalling the world is, and um, um, that's what I, with my heading, um, saint or sinner, this is what I think we're being drawn into at the moment in, in our country. And I think countries around the world, when I turn on CNN or Al Jazeera, whatever I'm listening to, they, they are talking about the different uh, reactions of prime ministers and presidents and whether it's Israel, wherever it is. And so we're being drawn into other people's dramas and we have to decide. Let's bring out that saint in us. I'm not saying that we're all Mother Teresa's, not at all. I'm saying we all have within us compassion, the compassion to care. And where does that compassion start? With ourselves. We need to first care about ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves for whatever we feel that we are carrying over from before. Let's get rid of it. Let's empty it out. Let's declutter ourselves in this time. And I mean, it's quite amazing how everybody seems to be decluttering. Well, let's declutter our own emotions and, uh, and let's look at our family and our friends and, and see who needs us. See who 
is actually there are many people who um, actually suck our energy out of us. Now perhaps it's time to to distance yourself a bit from those people because they are toxic to you. And we need to move forward with people who actually want us to grow. And they will also grow with us. There's also pre-traumatic stress going on at the moment. And that pre-traumatic stress is the fear of the future. And that fear of the future is very, very real. And it's everyone's in it at the moment, whether you're... um, the head of a, of a company, whether you're a domestic worker or a, or an Uber driver, whatever you may be, we are all in this together and there is this fear, this fear of what is going to happen. It, in, in an actual fact, it is a shared moment um, that, that humanity can share and can grow together if we allow it to happen, if we allow it to, to us to actually see that this can be a growth period, not as time for stagnation. Our core essence remains always, but our attitudes, our circumstances, our reactions and our relationships change. And we have to make room for these changes. We have to actually open ourselves up to these changes. And we're going to advert... This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Craig is now going to be putting on another short YouTube, and it's also by uh, Dagapal Das, and it's called uh, Lessons Learned from a Bridge. Recently I was in San Francisco, and one of my friends was driving me over possibly one of the most beautiful bridges in the world, but most certainly one of the most photographed bridge in the world, the Golden Gate Bridge. In 1937, when the bridge was opened, it was the longest and the tallest bridge in the entire world. Today, it's neither the longest nor the tallest in the world, but it certainly is the tallest in the entire United States of America. I was wanting to know more about the bridge So at the end of the bridge, my friend stopped the car and took me to a spot where they had a cross-section of one of the suspension cables and also other information about the bridge written there. The Golden Gate Bridge spans 4,200 feet. The suspension cable from where the bridge is suspended is 7,650 feet long and 3 feet or 36 inches in diameter. When I looked at the cross-section of the cable, what was astounding to me was that this cable wasn't made in a single mold. This cable was made of 27,572 thin wires, all obviously 7,650 feet long. The Golden Gate Bridge was reiterating a very powerful principle to me. The power of togetherness. Not only does working together satisfy our heart, 
but working together can help us contribute something incredibly spectacular to serve the people of this world just as these 27572 tiny wires together contributed a bridge for people to cross over a body of water moreover these wires thin wires could never be able to bear the huge weight of the bridge and the weight of the cars commuting on the bridge by themselves but together they were able to handle so much pressure they were able to handle so much weight they were able to handle the adversities of weather the frigid winters the hot summers the cyclones the tornadoes the hurricanes i was astounded by this power of togetherness i was reminded of the spiritual community that i'm connected to for the last 22 years the radha gopinath bhakta samaj of iskon chopati in mumbai a community of over 2000 families wonderful people wonderful like-minded spirituals devotees these 22 years i have experienced the golden gate bridge in mumbai i have experienced the power of togetherness in this community in mumbai you had great fun together practicing spirituality having this most meaningful deep satisfying relationships we have had great sense of fulfillment living a life of purpose serving together contributing something tangible something transformative to the world we also have had a great time in terms of the fortitude and the strength that we got together to handle pressures to handle challenges sometimes coming out of health crises for some of the members of our community cancers alzheimers leukemia and all kinds of other diseases and troubles sometimes the crises came in the form of financial crunches the people in the community were there for each other i could see and experience how so much pressure weight and adversity can be handled in a community like this are you a part of a community like that wouldn't you love to be a part of a community like that find out like minded spiritual individuals to whom you can connect and experience the golden gate bridge in your respective towns and cities yes as i looked at the cross section of that suspension cable of the golden gate bridge i remember a very popular quote if you want to walk fast walk alone if you want to walk far walk together thank you very much this is finding human with sue jackson only on 101.9 high fm hello this is sue jackson and i'm back with you for the last part of our program um you, you were just listening now uh, you um, all the youtubes i'm sure you've noticed have got a similar theme which is the i and the we and it's hard to actually do this together whether it's in a community or whatever it is to actually go through this together the the power of the human spirit is actually to become an active partner in our lives to find the courage to live within our challenges and if we think about it destiny has brought the universe to this point Uh, the past can't be relived, relived or changed, 
but our attitude towards our present and our future is our choice. And we need to inquire, what is this time asking of me? What is this time saying of me? What strength do I need right now to meet the challenges that are ahead ahead of me? And what I think we often forget is that we have so many strengths that we have come through. And what are your strengths in you that enable you to move forward, to face what life is asking of you in this present situation? Think of your strengths. Actually acknowledge them. And uh, how do you find meaning in your life? And why do people respect or like you? What makes you respect and like yourself? Those are big questions to ask. The other thing that I, I need to really say is that we need to give ourselves permission to feel. Permission to actually realize that, yes, this is a scary time. And, yes, we are all of this, all of us in this together, but all of us in it in a different way. And if you're afraid, it's okay to be afraid. If you're sad, it's all right to be sad. If you've got people that you can reach out to to talk to, please do so. Uh, Frankel says, man is the being who always decides. And what does he decide? What he will be in the next moment. Uh, Craig is telling me to wrap up. Um, we've got, uh, no, not just yet. We've got a, a, a short YouTube just before we end as well. And then a lovely song for you. It's another one of, of, um, um, Gagapal Das. And it's, um, when problems are beyond our control. Thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, um, uh, Craig is telling me to wrap up. So I'd just like to say that let's embrace life with an attitude of gratitude. We're not free to change many things, but we are always free to change our attitude. And and Victor Frankl says, we are only fully ourselves when we are involved with a cause greater than ourselves. So let's reach out to others and become our best selves. Longfellow said, no man is so poor as to have nothing worth giving, as well might the mountain streams say that they have nothing to give because they are not rivers. Give what you have to someone. It may be better than you dare to think. Thank you all so much. Thank you very much, DJ Flo, Wussy and Craig for keeping me on air on Skype. God bless all of you and thank you very much. Um, Rascal Flats is going to be singing I Won't Let Go.